This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode number 59 of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Gingrich, and this week we're talking about something that If you are in the service provider space, which I'm assuming you are, I'm assuming that you are in some operational role if you're listening to this podcast, you know that at some point there are going to be questions, disagreements, disruptions, and you are going to have to address those. So today I am giving you kind of my little, I'm pulling out my little black book on how I deal with those conversations. And honestly, this is kind of one of my superpowers. It's not difficult for me to do this. And I wanted to share this because it is something that I find that my peers, my students, my friends have a difficult time doing. So perhaps I have a few tricks and a few tips that can help you to make yourself more comfortable because I believe it all starts with you. A lot of us are going to be risk averse. And if we are risk averse, then we are not going to feel like we are ready to step into a difficult conversation. So it's not about being risky. Um, It's more about having the confidence in yourself and understanding the leadership that you already bring, as well as the professionalism to have this conversation. And these conversations can really be all over the spectrum. It could be related to a project. It could be a different personality or a personality change that you're seeing, like a shift in their commitment to their work. It could be a recalibration conversation. I mean, when I say a difficult conversation, it's not always like a breakup. It's not always delivering bad news. It can be to, like I said, to recalibrate, to to come back to where you started. And those happen the exact same way that a difficult conversation would. So want to let you know that this has lots and lots of different applications. But as we know, as service providers, we get into these roles and disruption is going to happen. There's going to be changes. And basically, anytime there is a slight change, you have got to be the leader that addresses this. What happens if we don't address this? We find ourselves feeling lots of resentment, frustration. Anytime we're minimized or belittled, and it doesn't necessarily have to be belittled in a traditional sense, but in a sense where you are squashed, you're feeling like you don't have the power, the relationship, the confidence to speak up, that just creates so much resentment towards the project or the person. And I'll tell you, once you get to this point, it is very difficult to repair that. You don't just snap your fingers and feel the way you did 15 days ago to get your quote unquote head back in the game. That's not what happens. But if you can build a strong relationship with your client to where you have the ability to speak up 
and speak up with professionalism. I'm not saying to be rough and brash and to do this in an unprofessional manner, but I'm saying have a relationship, a respectful enough relationship where you can speak up and have a voice when you feel a certain way or when you see things changing, when you know that there have been changes to a project or a relationship. So I just wanted to let you guys know that if we, and you know this, but if we don't address the disruption, it ends up harboring so many bad feelings for us and our best work cannot be done in that feeling. So if you're experiencing disruption and it manifests into frustration, resentment, it can turn into something even bigger. And I do see this, and I know I'm not trying to make a big, big deal of this, but I see anxiety happening in relationships, and it doesn't have to be that way. Your mental health is more important to me and likely to your client if you're working with someone who really values your values. So just make sure when you identify the disruption, follow these five steps so that you can have that difficult conversation. So how do we have these conversations when they need to happen? First of all, I am a big proponent of taking a minute to plan the conversation before it takes place. Now, there are people who are really witty and can do this. Like, you know, they have that ability to just like fire things off really quickly. And I always admire that in people. My sister is just like that. I am somebody that takes a hot minute to pull things together. And I'm going to tell you, regardless of the camp you're in, whether you're witty and you can have a good comeback or you're somebody who likes to plan, if you're walking into a difficult conversation, I am going to ask you to remove the emotionality, to remove the fear, and to create a plan. So if you plan that conversation, you're going to give yourself boundaries. You're also going to give yourself time. And time is so important because here's what happens with time. You can separate your emotions from the actual occurrence, you can look objectively, you can get other people's opinions, and you can role play this conversation. And I know that sounds like a big deal, but if you're not comfortable and this is something new to you, I want you to role play the conversation with another confidant, with a friend, with someone on your team so that you have confidence going into this conversation. The other benefit of role playing is that you're gonna start to see how other people take that information. So you're gonna start to read their body language and see what happens. So planning the conversation is just really, really critical. And I think that a lot of people jump into these conversations in a moment of heat. And well, we all know what that does. It is typically not a very, very well-received conversation. If you come in off the bat in a defense state, your brain cannot allow you to hear what the other person is saying. So if you just think about a time in your home where you have had a squabble or a disagreement with your spouse or your children, I mean, when you get to the point where they have really, really frustrated you, you know what happens. You shut down and you're not able to truly hear. And you've probably seen this in other people as well. So that's just the way the human mind works and the human heart really works in conjunction with that to protect you. So plan the conversation, take some time in between the occurrence and the conversation. The second thing I want you to do is to meet them where they are. How do they take feedback? 
Hopefully you already know this, but you have likely been working with somebody. I mean, if this happens in the first 30 days, I'm going to say that you probably need to reestablish boundaries from the get-go. So I'm assuming that this is a, a more of a longer-term relationship, and you have likely seen disappointment. You have seen them you know, fail. You have seen them when things just didn't work out right, you've seen them deal with personal crisis. So how was it? Think back to those situations. How do they deal with feedback? How do they deal with disappointment? I want you to weave that into the fabric when you're planning that conversation because that truly matters. You want this to be a two-sided conversation. You are not coming in to say, hey, this is where you have violated the code or me. Um, You want to make this two-sided. You want feedback as well, because guess what? When disruptions happen, it's likely not just one person. You are the person who's implementing those changes, so it feels very personal to you. But I want this to be two-sided. And the only way to get that is really to create an even open line of communication, understand how this person processes feedback, rejection, disappointment, fear, know those things so that you can craft the best conversation for this person. You know, they always say that no two kids are alike. And well, that is obviously true, especially in this house. So if I'm disciplining one They require different things. They require me to be a different kind of disciplinarian and authoritarian and parent and friend. So I have to tailor the way I coach them out of their challenges. So in the exact same way as you would think about your children, think about every professional relationship you have. They're going to take a little bit of something different. And the way I know which path to take for each of my kids has been dictated by the way that they process this stuff. So take that personal story there and apply it in the professional sense. I hope that that really helps you. But you know how you like to receive feedback. Take some time to see how they like it, how they have been in an optimal state when feedback has been given, whether it was warranted or surprised or whatever. And If you are in a situation where you don't know, maybe it's really early in a relationship and you don't know how they take feedback, be gentle. Really channel in your most gentle self because it's what will win in this situation, I promise. The third thing is be candid. While I'm telling you to tailor this conversation to them, you still have to be true to yourself. If you're not true to yourself, things don't get cleared up. So we want to be super candid. And what candid means to me, and I always feel like this is one of my greatest values, and so I also feel like it's one of the greatest strengths that allows me to have these conversations, I am candid every day of the year. I am candid in a different way to different people. You have to understand who you're working with. At the end of the day, candid does not mean sassy, does not mean strong-armed. Candid to me means being candid, being honest and direct with kindness is what moves these types of obstacles off the table. So 
I don't want you to acquiesce to, you know, all of their feelings and all of this. It's not about that. It's about having a two-way conversation and saying, here's what's happening. Here's what I'm seeing. How are we going to move forward? How are we going to do this in a two-way fashion? Because I'm a leader on your team. I'm here to support you to make this business better. And to do that, we have to partner, especially as a director of operations in a business, you are a strategic partner in that business and for that leader. So you, the open lines of communication are going to be necessary, but you're also going to need to pull out that candor. If you're somebody, you've probably heard me in other podcasts talk about yes, ma'am versus yes, maybe. So directors of operations, anyone at that leadership level in a business is going to be a yes, maybe person, meaning their expertise is when a new idea or some change comes into that business, the director of operations is going to be that person who says, sure, maybe, let's consider this. And the director of operations, because they're so strategic, is going to run through a battery of risk and decision-making and where this fits into our launch plans and all of the other other things that your visionary leader is definitely not thinking about. So you want to have candor so that when you are faced with resistance, you can be a yes, maybe person and it will be heard. Otherwise, you get into a yes, ma'am situation. A yes, ma'am situation is a yes, 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 yes. We call these yes people. And to a certain degree, every business needs those, but that is not your jam as a director of operations in a business. The fourth thing is to bring solutions to that meeting. So you already, you've got the plan of how the conversation's gonna go. You know how they process feedback or pushback. And now you come prepared, you spend the extra time, the due diligence to bring solutions to the problem that you're addressing. So those solutions provide a higher level of conversation. It doesn't feel accusational. It feels like you've spotted, and this is true, not feels, but you spot something and now you are bringing some options to the table so that you can move forward, that you can advance the conversation from being a we failed, we're moving backwards, this isn't going to work, that's doom and gloom. But when you bring solutions, you elevate yourself as a leader, but on top of that, you get buy-in from the leader to shift their stress from the sky is falling to a how are we going to fix this mentality? This is where the brilliance lies. So come into that call knowing how they process this, knowing the kind of solutions that they would want to see. And you're going to do this on a very holistic level. It's what's best for the industry, for the business, for the brand, and for the business leader. So bring a variety of solutions in. This usually is going to require you to do some research. Well, it's always going to require you to do some research ahead of time. And when you come in, show that you're not only bringing solutions or options, but bring in the data with that. If we went down this path, what is going to be the impact to our delivery schedule? If we make this decision, how is this going to impact our current team? So start looking at schedules and team and financial impacts. Start doing that right from the very beginning. So when you have this conversation, it's like a conversation on a whole new level. Can you put yourself in that situation where you can really feel like when you start talking about solutions, 
the pain of the feedback, the pain of that difficult conversation subsides because now we're looking at options and we're not sitting and dwelling in why that thing happened, why the disruption occurred. We're now talking about how we can move forward. This is next level leadership, friends. And the last thing, which goes without saying, but I just want to make sure that if I'm going to be here mentoring and teaching and sharing with you guys that I cover all my bases. But the very last thing is this conversation to this point has been two-way. And now you need to walk away with clarity. You need to walk away with what is your responsibility. I know you. You're a fact finder. You're a list maker. You are ready to take action on whatever it is that the leader has decided. You've given them a framework to make a decision in real time. Now, I've supported lots and lots of businesses just like you, and I will say that I'm a lot like you. I have supported lots and lots and lots of businesses. And one thing that can really stifle us as the leader of teams and the owner of projects is the lack of a decision or a gray decision. So if you followed this framework and you come in with different options for this person and the person's open and receptive to having a two-way dialogue on a difficult disruption, you put them in a position to be able to make a decision in a much faster pace. So hopefully by the end of this call that you have, you're able to create the next steps. The last piece here is to get clarity on what the next steps are, present those to the client before you wrap up, you want to say, okay, so we've decided on this. Here are the next three steps I see that we're going to be doing. I'm going to be meeting with a team. I'm going to recalibrate the project. I'm going to communicate in this way, whatever it looks like. But I want you to verbally share with the leader what the next steps are. That is going to show just such a higher level of leadership and competency. And that's exactly what you want. We are here to show people that they can trust you to be the leader in their business, to love their brand as much as they love their brand, and that you are truly the second in command that comes in with candor and also brings the solutions to enable the leader to make a fast decision. So these are the five steps for how to have those difficult conversations when disruption happens. I hope that this has been super helpful for you. And as with every single episode, and nothing's different for episode number 59, but I would like to leave with an ops activity of the week. So with an ops activity, what I'm the reason I do these, the reason I'm committed to this is I want you to listen to these podcasts. There's lots of information here, but information doesn't do anything if you don't turn it into action. So the ops activity for this week is to identify one client that you have. You may have more, but identify one client. Let's just start this with just one client, maybe one that you already have disruption with, or maybe it's a brand new client. But the ops activity this week is to reach out to that client and you take some time to identify how they deal with frustration, disappointment, pushback, opportunity. If you don't know them well enough, I want you to start digging into this. Ask them how they deal with rejection, what typically happens with them emotionally, physically. Start getting this in your head, especially if it's a new relationship, because you're not going to know. You probably haven't seen it. And other questions you can ask that leader is, when's the last time somebody disappointed you? 
tell me about it. How did you feel when you ask them to tell you about it? You're going to start to get a sense of the magnitude of that disappointment. Does this person get frustrated really easily? Do they have short patience? Are they really sensitive? You're going to start to understand that. And then how did it make them feel? And listening to that piece is going to be very, very critical because that's going to help you with having that difficult conversation, with tailoring that conversation to their specific needs. I believe that every single one of these conversations has to be customized. There is not, I can't give you a script for this, but these five points will really help you in moving forward and the confidence to have these conversations. So we're not going to get away from them. The most important thing you can do for yourself is equip your leadership skills to pull out those leadership skills to address conflict or disruption when it happens so that this truly can be a high-level two-way relationship. Alrighty, friends, I hope this is really helpful. I will see you back next week. And don't forget to come over to the Ops Insiders Facebook group where we continue the conversation from every single podcast. Alrighty, friends, y'all have a good one. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.